Hello, welcome back. You're listening to TV, Film and Us, a monthly podcast where we talk about films, TV and everything in between. We are your hosts, Carvel Mensa and R.L. Herrick. Hello. And on today's episode, we're talking about romance. Yes, hashtag couple goals, hashtag relationship goals. We're looking at some of the most iconic, popular films and TV couples and asking, is this romance or just the crime? This is episode two. Let's get rolling. So, on the subject of romance, what would you say is your ultimate on-screen couple goals like you know the kind of couple that make you look at any potential partners sideways thinking they just they're not cutting it oh there's, there's been several there's been several but i really really enjoyed watching fresh pencil bel-air and watching mm. og on this and on the <laughs> and watching their chemistry and thinking mm, like i not like i look up to them i don't look up to no couple on tv but i really admire their relationship yeah like uncle phil he wore the trousers 110 percent but did he though? <laughs> that's, that's what I'm about to say. But then when, when Aunt Viv, Aunt Viv had this dominance as well, and and she she was able to like assert herself. Yeah, as yeah. Well. There was definitely respect and, in their relationship. As yeah, well. yeah. That's it. A mutual respect, and and the kids obviously respected them both. So sometimes he thought he was wearing the trousers, but he wasn't. But she let him think he was, and that's <laughs> what I liked about it. Yeah, yeah. It would definitely be those two. What about you? I think um, honestly, couples that I really liked, Jen. I know this is a bit random, but I like you know when. Moesha and Hakeem got together. Mm. Like, I don't know what it was, but I loved that build-up because it was, like, a natural friendship. There was, mm. like, I just kind of loved how their relationship built up because mm. I know, obviously, Kim had fancied him for years and years and years, but let's be serious, that was never happening. But I kind of love that kind of relationship that they had. I always thought they were, like, such a believable, cute couple. And it was, you know, because she was a teenager and stuff, it was done in, like, a really respectful way. We didn't have, mm. like... I mean, obviously, they went through little trials and tribulations, but I mean, yeah, they're just, that was a couple. It's just a couple that I remember, kind of thing. So, yeah, I would say, um, also, actually, even though I blame my sister for this, but that's her Raven's parents as well. Okay. I really liked them. So, yeah. Mm. Th- those okay, okay, those okay. would be my two. Not that you asked for two, but you know, extra. <laughs> right? No, I'm joking. <laughs> okay, so, you know, we're talking about romance and whatnot. Have you got a favourite rom com? Do you know what? Yeah, I almost thought about this, but it's the proposal. It's 100% the proposal. Um, I'm not like... I don't... You know what? I like rom-coms, I do. But um, I think the proposal is... I don't know if it's because it's Sandra Bullock and I think that she can... Except for gravity. <coughs> I don't think she can do any wrong. Um, but the proposal, to me, is really funny. And I just love... I just I just love it. Mm. So, yeah, I just... That, to me, that's just at least my top... I say top one because I don't know how else would actually be in the list of a top five. But what about you? Um, I watched that the other day well not too long ago it was on um, film 4 but it's shame yeah um, so recently I watched Fifty First Dates and I'm always a little bit sceptical when like comedians are in um, I guess different genres you know he's not so who's the comedian? <laughs> Adam Sandler <laughs> sorry he's not literally strictly, like you <laughs> it's strictly a comedy and um, they're in a more serious role mm. um so it's basically uh, Adam Sandler falls for his character called Henry and he falls for Drew Barrymore's character called Lucy who has short-term um, memory loss because she was involved in a car accident. And so what he's trying to do is continuously um, almost get her to remember him. Yeah. And it's like a fight. It's almost like commitment. Like you're really commi- committed and patient to someone who actually can't remember you. And I thought that's quite sweet personally because not everyone would continue trying to make someone remember them and that was basically it and i thought okay that's cute and then i read it was based on a true story as well which is um which is interesting i never knew about the true story but i do want to touch on this again mm. i want to i want to come at you about this rom-com from a different angle 
Um, but um, yeah. Anyway, um, I do have a question though. Like one more question uh, before we, you know, get into it. Uh-huh. Like, do you have a, a favorite kind of non-couple couple? Like, you know, like a couple that either you felt like they had chemistry and they should have been together, or maybe just a couple, yeah, that just never lasted. Maybe like you know. Okay, I do right, and this is a this isn't a romantic couple. This is a platonic couple. So I I enjoyed the chemistry between Olivia Benson and Elliot Stabler. Oh my gosh! Like, but oh, do you know what? Yeah, yes. But I'd say no. Sorry, go on. I'm getting excited. You go first. Like, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was really watching these two work colleagues, and sometimes they would throw little like hints at things every now and then, or the camera would just focus on like um, Stabler just looking at Benson in a way that makes him think, hmm, hold up. But they never touched on it and they never pursued it. And I like, they may not have been anything to pursue, but I like the fact that they remained, um, that they were friends throughout seasons and work colleagues. But... Well, on, like, just, just, just touching on that quickly, like, I totally agree because I feel like they had, like, crazy chemistry, but I also feel like it would ruin stuff if they actually got together. And I didn't want them to be together, but, like, just the way that they are. Yeah, they were just perfect, literally. Um, and it's funny because, like, my favourite non-couple couple is um, Derek Morgan and Penelope from Criminal Minds. Okay. Okay. Interesting, yeah. Because they had a similar kind of relationship. They were, like, a lot more flirty, though, but I just love that friendship because, like, I mean, there was probably some episodes thinking back where you kind of thought, oh, is it going to be a kind of... But I think ultimately them not ever getting together kind of baby figure yeah, like this is like a deep laugh like this is just like it's true friendship i guess mm. and yeah you don't see that a lot because sometimes you just i don't know they get together and then things completely change which is what happens i guess in in normal situations like if you fall in love with your friend obviously that friendship's forever changed but mm. yeah i just them two together they really i mean the characters in criminal minds are wicked i love criminal minds but yeah Derek morgan and penelope garcia all day anyway now for a couple that actually did get together so I watched a notebook for the first time the other day. Alright, what do you think? What do you think? Um you know what, it's a good film. Like I I didn't expect to enjoy it because it wasn't really something that I was planning on watching. But um, you know, I have a, a little list of things I'm like forcing myself to, you know, watch to kind of expand on. Um oh, but the first ten minutes of the film were just insane. Like when I talk to people about like their favourite romance films and stuff like that, like the notebook is something that gets thrown around as this epic romance film and in a sense it kind of is because obviously it look it explores love in an interesting way. It looks at um I guess, you know, what it's like to be in love with someone that has dementia. Uh-huh. But the first ten minutes of it when you meet like Ryan Gosling's character and um, Rachel McAdams character, like <laughs> he has never seen this girl in his life. And he decides that he, like, he just has to have this girl. Mm. And so when he sees her and she's actually on a date with someone else, he's like, I think he asks her if she wants to dance with him or something. She's like, no, I don't want to. And then she gets on a roller coaster with um, her date. And so Ryan Gosling's character decides to, like, climb up the roller coaster, hold on, and be like, go out with me. And she's like, no. And then he's like, well, you leave me no choice. And he lets, like, one arm go. And basically, like, you know, essentially threatening suicide if this Mm. girl doesn't date him. And I was just like... I don't understand like why that is attractive I literally cannot understand why he basically manipulated her into going on this date and obviously like she falls in love with him and stuff but I just couldn't get over those 10 minutes like I just couldn't just disturbed me it was like hey go out with me or I'll kill myself literally and I'm thinking that's like it's emotional abuse that is and that's the beginning of your relationship you haven't even you know got to the point where you're 
even in love and I just thought and it's a shame because the actual like storyline is, is good I mean it just shows like two teenagers in love and blah blah, blah but I just thought I, I don't I literally I just can't I can't understand why it was it was in the film to be quite honest uh, I think it's mad that a lot of people overlook that because yeah a lot of people do talk about notebook mm. um and I think, eh, did you not just see what... Well, did you not see the beginning? Were we watching different beginnings? Because I'm confused. Yeah, because no one's ever mentioned that to me. Like, no one's ever... Like, they've always said, oh, it's such a cute story. I'm like, did... Like, to me, it was a good story, but I just couldn't... I couldn't ignore that, like, red flag behaviour because I thought he's really, really obsessed with her. It's really odd to me. Like, I mean, obviously, we've all had, like, our first crushes and stuff, and I understand that, like, when you're... Because I think they're both supposed to be 17 in the film. But, I mean, I think... I don't know. Like, I... I guess I was a bit more quiet at 17 because I'm not hanging off a roller coaster for anyone. Um, but yeah, I know like when you're a teenager, love feels different, I guess, in some way. It feels like the most intense thing in the world. But I I just kind of thought to myself, like, I know that like you could be crazy in love and a teenager, but he just met her. I don't know if he knew his name at that point. And I remember this one character uh, before he got on the roller coaster and he kind of obviously approached her to be like, dance with me or whatever. And she, like, Rachel McAdams' character made a point of... I literally cannot remember her name in the film. I know his Ali. name was Noah. Ali. Ali. So Ali was, yeah. like, um, to her friend, oh, did you see how close he was standing to me? And the girl was kind of like, yeah, but, like, that's Noah. You know, you should be lucky that he even spoke to you kind of thing. I'm thinking, what? Like, it just they just normalised this really... Like, it's okay. And then that's what... You know, obviously, I don't want to be, like, sexist and stuff like that because I know men obviously love, like, romance films, but I feel like a lot of romance films, like, they put in, like, the hot guy... Because it's your target audience is women, and I'm sure like younger women. I'm thinking this is not like something that you should be watching and saying, yeah. If a man isn't obsessed with me, then obviously he doesn't like me. Because like that is obsession might look romantic on TV, but it's something you do not want in real life. Mm-hmm. Like you literally don't want it. And it's just I don't know. Like harassment is really romanticized in all these films. Like it's just bizarre. Way way too much. Like it's the norm. It's like if he's not like stalking me then he doesn't love me or you know and especially like um today in like the, the age of social media it's like you know oh if i don't get this many missed calls if i don't get this many dms then I don't, he or she you know are they really thinking about me Do you know who started this nonsense <laughs> no not even who started this nonsense but you see your girl summer walker like yeah we are because <laughs> actually no you know what yeah what's, what's that song like um Oh, I can't even remember what the song is, but where she says, like, something about not being in love yet. You're not in love if you're you're too good oh. to call a thousand times. Oh, uh, session 32. Yeah, babes, I'm not calling you a thousand times. Twice is pushing it. Like... <laughs> no, no, no. I don't want to put the blame on her because, A, I'm not going to lie, it's a tune. But I did... When I, you know when you're, like, listening to a song and I listen to it and I just thought, eh, no. That's going to put you in prison. But, yeah summer felt okay we will not cut her okay fine we'll just step away from this conversation you know <laughs> ignoring summer's questionable behavior um but yeah no like obsession is just it's just i don't know it's absolutely insane yeah like, like you said about like obsession before you cast my girl <laughs> summer um i feel like i know so many women mainly who've had experiences of obsessed people but obsessed obsessed before you actually know a person mm which is always really um, disturbing. So, like, you know, trying to get somebody's number on the basis that you like the way they look. Yeah. You don't really know them. So you're going to hunt them down for your number. Like, it's happened to me loads of time, not to, like, toot my own horn. <laughs> you know, Beyonce but, out here. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you just end up giving them your number because you feel threatened and you'd rather give them your number um, than put your life at risk because it, it can be. 
yeah especially when that occurs when you're in your own area because it's like you might contemplate because people be like oh why didn't you give a fake number where have I see that person again because that's happened to me where they're like oh, oh I'd have to call you but and then you have to lie and be like oh um yeah my phone broke and it's like because no literally it, it's like nothing you can say they're like no nah, but come on oh, can't we just be friends then uh don't i have enough friends i don't really want to but then you're like in the middle of the road and this person is like too close for comfort or if you don't you know when you're trying to like politely walk away and they start following you and i'm just like i yeah. actually don't want you to come to my house because you don't know this person like some people are very persistent and other people is like yeah they're persistent to the point where you might climb through my window one day and i can't you can't look at someone and know who, who's going to be who so it's just like yeah you just to kind of keep the pieces like okay you can have my number but really i don't actually want to give it to you and it's funny they, they want to be they drop the whole oh can we just be friends line on the basis of what like a person's physical appearance it's like <laughs> you might want to be my friend when you get to know me you might find i'm bloody weird like you know like you just you want to be friends on the basis of how i look but on, it's, on it's reason. and it's all it is is just like because you obviously wanted more and what you really want to do is just think you can finesse the situation and you know i'm charming and i'm eventually you know gonna get with this girl but it's not because you want to get to know this girl and marry her it's because you just want to bang her literally mm-hmm. and don't you have girls that you actually know who are interested in you in that way also like it's just i don't know that they is. probably don't <laughs> it's why they're doing what they're doing it's, it is just though it is really weird though because you do see a lot of like things in films that like i'm like if this not even if this happened when this happened to me i didn't feel like this was something to be like you know romantic about and to be honest like if i met someone somewhere and i kind of was like not interested in them and then i saw them somewhere else again and then again i'd be like i am going to call the police because i think you might be following me restraining order like literally because it's oh it's just I, i remember once like back in the day when i used to work in the supermarket and i was like 18 uh-huh. and I can't remember this guy's name for the life of me, but I think his name was, like, it might have been, like, Pedro or Pablo, like, this black guy from somewhere. I don't I don't even know if that was really his name, because he seems to be thinking about his name when he wanted to tell me it. But he... <laughs> literally, because he was just like, oh, my name is... Um, uh, and I was thinking... <laughs> I was like, what, you don't know your name? Like, it was just so... It was a weird encounter, but basically I was waiting for the bus, um, and it was literally raining, and it wasn't that late, but it was, like, winter time, so it was, like, basically really dark, probably, like, eight or nine. Um, and there was, like this was like one of those bus stops where this, the bus had terminated and I was just waiting for the driver to like, you know, set up again. So there was no one around, it was just me, the closed bus and this guy that just popped around the corner in the rain. And he's literally like talking to me, talking to me, like literally begging me for my number. And I was like, you know, you're looking around, I think it's dark. It's, this is not like a main, main road. Mm, yeah. And I thought, I don't know how to get out of this situation. I was trying to stalk something and this bus come on. We've got like seven minutes, but I ended up giving him my number anyway. And literally like, he called me every single day like every single day and I was like I'm really not interested I just like I even told him at one point I just gave him my number because I didn't want to I didn't know how to say no without being rude he's like once you get to know me you're gonna really like me why don't we go out somewhere like let me pick you up in a car and I think what so you can kidnap you know me never seen again like lit ah these things happen exactly and you just and it's scary because you never know like you read about it and you think oh I've had a similar experience that could have been me like the only difference between like not being in that situation is the other person decided not to do that to you that's a scary thought Mm too scary possibility exactly every time you step out of the house basically but but anyway ignoring the crazy lives that we have and moving back into like the films and tvs like i said i I just think there's a lot of like really off-key things that just happen in films and it's it's just i just think like who wrote this and why did nobody just check this before you decided to make it into a film you know tell me about it but yeah you know except for like my favorite couple which is basically me and rihanna (laughs) 
but you know, <laughs> untouchable. No, I will not have any slander. I'm going to move on. But um, delusional. <laughs> But um, it, this conversation just makes me think about um, my mum is obsessed with Twilight. By the way, like it's ridiculous. If you go to like her house, she's got like a Twilight plaque outside her house, and wait for it, she's got Twilight dolls. Oh my god! I know. I just was. I want. I don't even want to like do this. Like I want people to know my mum's actually like a normal, cool person, but she's just very quirky. <laughs> but um, anyway, like she loves Twilight, and the reason why I'm talking about Twilight is because there's a scene from Twilight which I don't even. I can't describe it. I'm. I'm just gonna play it. How did you get in here? The window. Do you do that a lot? Well, just the past couple of months. Ah, oh, that's disturbing. Like you don't just sneak and put your head through someone's window and watch them sleep. Like <laughs> that's normal. In what capacity? And any and admit to it. Like you don't admit to that. If you listen, you do that for me. God forbid, don't admit to it. Please. No, because I might take you out because I actually feel like my life will be in danger. I'll push you out the window. I would rather not know. No. Um, let's talk about this is seen as romantic like in, in the film that's aimed at i'll say teens you Definitely. know that's 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 the target audience i feel twilight is um even though you know everyone watches it everyone's watched it like adults too mm. but it's really it's really disturbing and if this is what young children are watching is seen as um hashtag a couple goal um it's not a good foundation it's not a good basis and it's not certainly not something to look up to your partner should not be watching you sleep or doing things that you don't know about because you don't know that they're watching you sleep because you are sleeping <laughs> um so <laughs> this is one of those okay did you think about this before you put it in the film script because those kids are gonna watch this well i wonder I, I wonder because obviously twilight's based on a book isn't it so i mm-hmm. like i haven't read the book i'll be honest i don't intend to um even though I love vampires, but I, I just, I, you know, it's hard, sometimes it's hard to know in it because, I mean, there's no, there's literally nothing in the book that would explain why this man fully just admitted, not only to, because for me, what gets me is the fact that she actually says, how did you get in here? And he goes through the window. Like, like it's normal. Like, that's the front door and that's how people come in on a regular basis. Like, no, sir, this is a crime and I think you might need to go to prison. And then it's the fact that he says, I've been doing it for a couple of months. Why? I just don't know how you could be so in love with someone that you watch them sleep. Like, the only people that do that are literally new parents. And obviously, like, parents love to watch their kids sleep because they're like, oh, I made this little human. And also, thank God, they're being quiet. But it's like, everything about it is just so perplexing. Like, I just think, if I woke up here, yeah, because you know already, because I'm sure I've told you this about the time that, <clears throat> <laughs> you know what I'm going to say, so I'm not even going to say it. That wasn't a pleasant experience for me. I didn't wake up and feel joy. I thought, what is going on? in this life like who, why are you how are you here literally so no like it's not and that was through the front door without my knowledge and that was still pretty freaky so someone told me they climbed into my window to watch me sleep and i've just woke up and caught you nah no yeah that's not that's that's <laughs> oh nine 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 like but, straight away but this is romance this and is romantic they're like an epic couple um that's the thing how how is that normal how do people look up to that how do they think that that was okay and that could be justified because like that's criminal exactly it's criminal that same scene could be like fatal attraction if glenn close had done that to michael douglas we wouldn't be saying oh yeah look at that's so cute they, they come on we saw how that film went and okay yeah there was questionable behavior in that film from both sides but yeah creeping in summer's windows can it just it's not romantic at all but still edward's considered a nice guy and i think that's mad and it's a line we hear all the time in films mm. all the time um, people proclaiming to be a, a harmless individual. We hear lines such as this. Women never go for the nice guy. Well, men say that, but you get to know some of these men who complain the most, you find out they're not as nice as they like to think they are. And I think that is 
so true. People who pro- pro- claim to be nice aren't necessarily nice as people. And I also think you don't need to say it. It should mm. just go. And more importantly, um, I don't think being nice is the ultimate thing. I think being a good person is. Exactly. And what I find in a lot of films um, with like the nice guy trope is a sense of entitlement. Um, and what I looked at, I watched, I watched three, two shows, no, two films, and yeah. a show recently, um, just taking it back to the to the nineteen eighties, the, the decade where great people were made and born. You know it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we, um, the nineteen eighty six cult classic, Pretty in Pink. Um, just to summarise the film, it's the American teen high school uh, drama uh, where the main characters, a lady called Andy, played by Molly Ringwald, and Ducky, played by John Cryer. Um, Andy is pretty much like a social outcast and Ducky is her best friend. Yeah. Um, but Ducky's decided that he wants to be with her on the basis of I don't know what. Um, he's also jealous of the fact that the new guy, so he's also jealous of the fact that a guy called Blaine, who is popular and rich, is interested in, in Andy and he can't quite wrap his head around this. Um, she's also got like issues at home sort of financially, so she can't quite grasp the fact that this popular rich guy wants to be with her too. Yeah. And what I found interesting was a conversation that, um what I found interesting was a conversation that Ducky had with Andy's father. Uh, he and this is what he said. I mean she's she's an incredible individual. I mean you know that I mean I'm there for her. Whenever, however, I'm there. You can rest assured that she's coming. I don't want you to worry because my only future plans are to make sure that she's taken care of. That's nice how you feel. <clears throat> And I'd like to marry her. Like, how do you just decide? How do you just go up to someone's dad and say, oh, I want to marry your daughter on, on the basis of absolutely nothing? And uh, her dad says something really um, quite interesting here. His response is this. I mean, you can love Andy, but that doesn't mean she's going to love you back. I mean, it doesn't mean she won't, but uh, what I'm trying to say is you can't make it happen. You know, either will or it won't. I think that's sensible. Like, you will or you won't. That's, that's it. That's just and the facts of life. Like, you actually can't force it. It will happen or it won't happen, and it has to take its natural course. And Ducky has made himself out to be this sweet, sweet guy. Oh, I'm, like, your best friend. I'll do anything for you. And what happens is when she goes out of Blaine, he just flips. He becomes incredibly nasty. Yeah. And, and this is what he says. You're going to go out with this guy? He's a dangerous. Yeah. I mean, you'll like him. He's not like the other guys. Seriously. No, no, no. You really pissed me off, you know, because you know they shit all over everybody, including you. I just, I can't let you be this stupid. You're shitting on me. I'm not going to let anybody shit on me. He's just, he's going to use your ass and throw you away. God, I would have died for you. I would have died for you. Like, come, come on. <laughs> Chill like, out, bro. Chill that's, out. <laughs> um, absolute madness, if you ask me. And it, what I'm finding in a lot of these films when I start to look at, like, the so-called nice guy is their possessiveness and how quickly they can go from zero to 100 when they don't get what they want. And um, in a lot of these romance films, actually, the so-called nice guy, but people don't necessarily focus on that because I was, I was just like reading like forums and stuff and everyone seemed to be like, oh, Andy should have given Ducky a chance. And it's like, why? Why do you give someone a chance just because they like you? <sighs> that's the thing, though, isn't it? Like, because that's what it's kind of like, you know what? I've noticed this as well. Yeah. Like on Instagram and Twitter and stuff when, you know, there's a lot of like memes and clips and stuff where they kind of say like, you know, when girls say they, they want a nice guy and then like and then that nice guy is like, well, I'm a nice guy here. And it's like, but you shouldn't just date someone because you think they're nice. Like what you said, it's about being a good person. And I think I've noticed that like, even I've had conversations with my friends about like, well, I say my friends, like you're not my friend, like other friends um, about, you know, this, this kind of subject. It's always like, yeah, but girls don't want, you know, 
the nice guy. They want a guy that treats them like shit. And I'm like, no, they actually just want a guy to be nice to them that they also are attracted to, someone to treat them right. Just because you are what you believe is nice, you think that, oh, I'll treat you right. But do you not care about attraction at all? Do you not want her to want you in the same way that you want her? And I think it's funny because, like, that this um, is clips now actually reminded me of the graduate because this whole i literally okay so you know like in lean away's 20s when i'm uh, sorry guys if you haven't seen 20s i don't know what you're doing with your life but sorry spoiler alerts but um you know like when ida b has that dream where she's yeah. like on the table you know basically telling hattie like don't you find me attractive da, 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 da. Okay. And I, I was, like, kind of looking into that scene and stuff. And, you know, I saw somebody mention on the internet somewhere that it was from The Graduate. And uh-huh. people talk about The Graduate. I've heard it, like, oh, The Graduate is this and that. It's amazing. I was like, okay, let me watch this film. I was baffled. Literally. When I got... You know when you just watch the end of a film, you're just like, what? Uh, it's literally about... It's literally about a boy, uh, a young man who's a graduate. He's 21 and basically he's a little bit of a nerd. He's a virgin. He doesn't want... You know, we've all kind of been there. Like, you, you just finished uni or whatever and you just don't know what you want to do with your life. And there's so much pressure. He obviously comes, he comes from like a well-off family. I think he's the only child. And so there's a lot of pressure for him to kind of be, you know, something. And he's just kind of like, screw it. I just want to live. Anyway, his, so his dad, I can't remember what his dad works as, but let's, he works, his dad has a business and his partner is Mr. Robinson. And he's at this party and Mrs. Robinson's, like they're at this graduating party for this, Ben, his name is. And Mrs. Robinson's there and she says, basically, can you take me home? Now he's like 21 and she's, his she's at 500 literally no <laughs> yeah she's old as hell but um yeah so long story short obviously like she recognises that he's a virgin and stuff and you know agrees to like like basically says you know let's she gets naked and says you know I'm very attracted to you and I want you to know that if you ever wanted to like be with me intimately like I'd be into it and I was literally thinking this is like a, a child what are you doing like this is literally your husband's partner's child what are you doing like it's just finished sense, or isn't it? literally like and what 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 actually got me about this film yeah because forget all that even though i'm setting it up that's a separate issue entirely is that benjamin is this like sweet soft kind of you know you, you're feeling like he's so vulnerable like and he's got this woman that's like being really predatory towards him and then he goes out with the door <laughs> and decides that okay after sleeping with her mom he's now ready to, like, be in his relationship with this woman. And he only tells her that he slept with the mum because the mum was basically like, listen, I will tell my daughter if you basically try and go out with her. And so he's like, I'm going to tell her. She finds out, and he can't understand why she doesn't want to be with him. I was like, he almost became her stepdad. What are you talking about? Like, you can't... And the thing about it is, like, she thinks at one point that he's actually sexually assaulted her mum. He explains very calmly and very poorly, no, I haven't. Which obviously he didn't, but like I wasn't. If I hadn't have known that, I was I wouldn't be convinced. And then he goes and like ruins this wedding. And I remember like he kept saying to her, "We should get married. We should get married. We should get married." Like there was a point, like constantly, I need to get married. I need to get married. And he actually says to his parents, um, you know, that he wants to marry her. And they're like, "Oh, that's great. That's amazing." And then you know, what does she think? And oh, she doesn't know yet. I was just thinking, what the f- like? What they made it out like this is like some cute little film. And I'm thinking this is like he's mad. Literally, he's insane. They speak about that film so much. Like, generally, a lot of people speak about that film. Um, even in um, 500 Days of Summer, briefly, which is um, a film, again, that I want to touch on, mm. uh, they've already set up with, with the prologue, you know, that it's not going to be a typical um, love story of um, two people coming together, having some sort of triumph, uh, obstacle, and getting together at the end, or ending, and you believe that they may have that um, happy ending, but you just don't see it. And what I found interesting about this film is that he continuously... It wasn't even just red flags. It was like 
they're not even flags because they were just like what's, I don't even know like it was just she was telling him repeatedly she doesn't do like she doesn't believe in love she doesn't believe in she doesn't do relationships and yeah. it's that that whole thing of like pursuing someone trying to pursue someone and ignoring ignoring what they're telling you um, so then later on they kind of they kind of get together and have like a situationship and she tries to break it off with him he just flips he goes from zero to 100 and it's like she's told you from the beginning that she didn't really want a relationship and I find it really interesting that someone who is a ignoring everything that she's saying and also pretending to be this nice person can just be so flippant but that's the thing, though. People are only nice to you when they... Because let's think about, like, our own relationships and stuff. Like, everyone is nice until they're not. Not to say that, like, you know, you naturally get into arguments and stuff. But I've noticed, like, there's a lot of people who are nice only in the context of dating the person they want to date. They're not nice people outside of that. And it's like, you know, I listen to your day and I care for you and I, and I give you all my time. That's a choice that you're making, babe. No one is asking you to do that. And I don't feel like, you know, it's not... It's not an exchange, it's not a transaction. Because you're doing stuff for me of your own accord doesn't mean that I must then give you something. Because then you're only being nice to me in the hopes that I will give you something. And that's not actually being nice. That's quite manipulative. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I haven't watched 500 Days of Summer, but I know it's on Disney+, Plus, so I might give it a watch tonight. Oh, really? I have no idea it's on there. Yeah, no, it's... Yeah. it's um, I had a little Google while he was talking. And yeah, it's on Disney+, Plus, so I'm going to have a, a look. But it's, it's funny, though, because that same kind of, like... <laughs> when a woman is portrayed as being hopelessly in love with someone that doesn't want her like mm. she's just pathetic do you know what i mean even if okay. the story ends with the guy realizing actually she's the one it's like she's like it to me it's like she's pathetic she doesn't know what to do and stuff but like if she suddenly flipped out we'd be like no nah, she's nuts like she's 100 percent nuts but yeah yeah and essentially like you're having a tantrum because the girl that says she doesn't want you doesn't want you like what actually is your beef because she done told you from the beginning like literally Literally, um, and I just, I just find it so interesting. Like he, he switches he, when she ends it. I like you, Tom. I just don't want to. Well, you're not the only one that gets to say in this. I do too. And I said, "Come on, damn it!" Like, <laughs> you know bro, you're crazy. You're actually crazy. I. That's literally it. You're not the only one that gets to say in this, and I say we're a couple. Huh? I don't depend on looking at her in a basement. Like, how is that possible? You, <laughs> you actually need two willing participants to have a couple. Was. Mhm. Oh. Without it doesn't work. Um, and I just thought it was such an interesting film, actually. Like, even the fact there's a male director, I found interesting. But is it um, like, is it, is this the kind of film that kind of flips that nice guy trope? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Like, yeah. it deconstructs it, and um, I recommend everyone watch it. Like, it really makes you see things from a different point of view, um, and also from a male perspective. Because I, I found in a lot of um, films centered around romance or romantic relationships, I'm not really getting that perspective. However, that does bring me on to you <laughs> me <laughs> now we really from our perspective um i don't even know i don't even explain what you're about but for those who haven't watched it it is about a um a bookstore and uh, it's about someone that's in the bookstore called joe goldberg um who becomes obsessed with various women and i'll only sort of focus on season one um because season three just came out recently ish and everyone may have finished it um but season one he joe comes across a lady called Jennifer beck that he, he meets in the bookshop that he works at and from the pilot because i rewatched it the other day and thought all oh, this happened in the pilot from the pilot he, he was obsessed with her and what i i find interesting is joe's got this internal monologue so you were listening you were listening to his thoughts all the time and weirdly the obsessive things that he is doing um 
I wouldn't say it doesn't seem so bad, but because it makes you, it's done in a way where you, you almost feel like you are Joe. So it's like, mm, that's sort of okay in a weird, twisted way. <laughs> that motherfucker is crazy. I don't be thinking it <laughs> at all. <laughs> um, but what I find interesting um, about, again, this so-called nice guy is the lies and how Joe, I believe, is, I think he's called Joe simply because he's like an average Joe and what they're trying to say. He's trying to say many things, but people who are like the average Joe next door can be just as dangerous. Um, and you shouldn't be judging someone like by the outward appearance. Because um, Genevieve Beck says something really, really, really interesting that summarises Joe up. She says the following. You were the bad thing. You were the thing that you should have killed. In a very dramatic way. You were the bad thing. You were the thing that you should have killed because Joe is basically a um, serial killer. There's not and basically he, about it. He is legitimately a serial killer. And it is so messed up. But like so many people going about Joe and they kind of overlook these crazy aspects to him. But, like I see all these talks on social media um, sort of making light, almost wanting the guy to be as obsessed as Joe is with his um, victims um, as well. But that's the thing what I find really interesting, um, like, just touching on what you said about the fact that, like, the, the internet is so um, obsessed. Because um, sometimes, like, you'll see some memes that kind of take the mick out of, like, his ridiculous reactions. But I've seen people be like, oh, if he's, like you said, if he's not obsessed with me like Joel Goldberg, then I don't want it. And I thought it was interesting because I know, like, for example, Ted Bundy, who is actually, like, a legitimate serial killer, like, lots of people talk about how handsome and charming he is. And I was like, who gives a fuck? If, even if we look like Brad Pitt, he literally <laughs> murdered multiple win- women. Like, how is it that you can't... Se- and firstly, the man was not attractive. Full stop. I mean, I don't know if it was just... People did not step outside of the state back then. But this, like, he wasn't attractive. But even if he was, it's like, how can you look at someone who... It's not like he's, like, you're debating. He's actually killed multiple women. This man was not attractive when he was murdering these women. Like, he's literally got, like, how many victims? And I always find it so weird. And, like, even that... Because they had um, Zac Efron played Ted Bundy in um, Dreamly Wicked, Shockingly Evil and Vile. And I thought it was interesting because, like, a lot of people think that Zac Efron is really attractive. And I thought it was interesting that they've chosen this particular person to play. And everyone, all I remember people talking about was how, like, oh, you know, Zac Efron's so hot. And, and I was thinking, yeah, but... He's literally playing a serial killer, like, a natural person that existed. And I feel like... Joe is basically that. Like, he's like the TV version. It's like, uh, if we... Imagine, like, we didn't know anything about Ted Bundy. Like, I feel like Joe is literally Ted Bundy. Like, I don't know necessarily, like, the 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 thought process in why he killed women. But, like, even with Joe, like, everything is... Like he said with his internal monologue, like, everything to him makes sense. And all yeah. I, when I listen to him, I think, this man is insane. And the thing what's scary about it is he's so calm about it. Yes, that's, like, that's the thing. And it's actually frightening, because I figure I know it's a TV show and stuff like that. There's obviously people that are like this. And it's funny, because I actually went, like, um, over the weekend. I was up in Manchester. Mm-hmm. And I met someone that actually said, <laughs> she's like, I don't know what it is, guys, but, like, Joe's basically her bae. And I just thought that was wild, hey. because... <laughs> A whole serial killer. And I was just like, but not the serial killing part of it, but like he is quite charming. It's like, I get it, but I don't get it. But obviously I know like in real life, like who, like, well, actually that being said, serial killers get married in prison all the time. I don't think she's not, she is not the type of person that wants to marry a serial killer or anything like that. But I think it's interesting, like how we ignore these massive red flags and we're like, yeah, he's charming. You know, yeah, he's this. And I'm just like, no, he's insane. Full stop. There's no way around it. Like nobody watched like, Fatal Attraction or Single White Female was like, yeah, but 
you know, like she's pretty though, you know, she's she's sweet. Like, no, these people are insane. They're being they're portraying people that are mad. The type of people you do not want to meet on the street, the type of people that you don't want to be obsessed with you, literally. I like, think that's also the difference. Sorry, so yeah, go on, go on. I was going to say because you mentioned uh, fake attractions, uh, single white female, and that could be the difference between like the portrayal of men and women. Like, cause I think if those characters are played by men. Um, what have been said? Would people would people find them attractive? They like, wouldn't. I feel like, does looks cover all the sin and the evil that people do? Like, do you just sweep it under the carpet because you think somebody's physically attractive? I think yes, because like. I don't, I, it makes no sense yet, but like when I watch like women committing crimes, not literally, I don't like round the corner watching criminals, but I mean like when I watch documentaries oh about, <laughs> when I watch documentaries about like female killers, I notice that it's not even the fact that she's killed people, it's the shock of the fact that a woman has killed someone. Like that's how it's done and then she's evil, she's like a black widow, she's all this kind of stuff because in people's minds, she's gone so beyond her nature. Like, women are supposed to be maternal and caring and all of that kind of stuff. They're supposed to be submissive. And it's just that they cannot believe that this person has done what they've done. Like, I was watching, um, there's, like, a documentary on Netflix. And anyway, it was talking about one, it's, uh, I think it's called, like, How We Catch the Killer or something. And there was a two-part, two-part, like, an episode, part one, part two, about these particular killings. And, uh, wait, was it the same? Anyway, at some point in there, this woman essentially admitted to killing someone. Um, and they weren't sure if she was telling the truth or not. But, like, he was even saying, the police officer, like, you know, it's normally procedure. To, well, they first they didn't even arrest her when she said it. They let her go home, which I thought was insane. And then the fact that when she was supposed to be arrested, he's like, I didn't handcuff her. Da, da, da. And I was thinking, that's, it's interesting because you, you, you see women in a certain night. Mm-hmm. And in actual fact, like, she, she, she's telling you that she's killed someone. Like, what is going on? Like, but what yeah. Like, she knew, why did you let her go? Literally, because... She could have run off and if you know if she's really dangerous, she could have run off and done more. But yeah, I think it's interesting because that like, when you do see it in films, women are portrayed as like. In fact, I think they're portrayed correctly because the behaviour is disturbing. Mm. That's the bottom line. Is it that they're not portraying men correctly then? Yeah, I think because I mean I think Joe. The whole point of Joe is kind of like maybe what you're saying about was it five hundred days of summer? Like it's the mm. because we know he's insane. Like, we know that, we're aware of it. And I think the excitement is, like, how far can this crazy man go with all the things that he's doing? Like, I think Joey's kind of portrayed in the most honest way because we obviously see the nice guy he pretends to be, but then we also see the dark side of him. So we don't, you know, it'd be different if, like, we was watching Joe from, say, the the viewpoint of all the people that meet him. Because then it's like, because really, every time he says, hello, you, I'm thinking, oh, shit. Like, is this person going to make it to the end of the season kind of thing? So I think Joe's portrayed correctly, but... Yeah, other characters, I don't know, they're just kind of... They're portrayed in this way that makes them seem like they're still charming or they're still cute. And, you know, like, um, I watched... Um, so I, wa- I watched this film called Birth from 2004. It's got Nicole Kidman in it and um, actually quite a few people in it. Um, and I remember there's this scene where... So basically, Nicole Kidman, her husband dies. So it shows her, hus- her husband dies and at the same point, this young boy is born. Anyway, this, she's now getting married to someone else. She's at an engagement party. And I find it really weird, yeah, because her, her new fiancé is basically talking about um, when he asked her out. And he actually says, he asked her out, she said no, but I, you know, I kept calling. It took one year for her to have dinner with me. Two years into dating, you know, he'd asked her to marry her. She said no, twice, I believe. And then two weeks ago, she said yes. And I just thought, so you ran this woman down, literally, that's what you did. Like, this isn't romantic. You've walked someone out for a year. Like, a whole <laughs> year. Five days is a long time. Exactly. You kept calling. Like, that's what people are literally, like, on harassment charges for. And I just literally thought to myself, like, this shouldn't 
even be um like why is it like i just didn't understand it and then afterwards nicole kidman like comes up to me it's like i like what you said and i'm thinking which part like how you know like they make it just sound it just sounds insane like i just couldn't understand it it's like i would not want someone if i said no then i guess that's what i meant you know no is a full answer it's a full sentence i don't need to elaborate i've said no remember your husband just died as well like it's all bizarre but actually i need to get into birth for a minute because i don't know if i'm ever going to be the same like like, this film has blown my mind pardon I just watched it again. I watched no, it, like, years ago. Same, and I feel like... Because the boy that's in it, like, the little boy is in it, he's also in this film called Godsend. I love Godsend. Like, it's... I just love it, but, yeah, we're not here to talk about that. But Birth, right, so, 2004 film, yeah. So, like I said, Nicole Kidman plays a widow, basically. Her husband dies, and what they show is the husband dying, and at the same point, a baby being born. Anyway, ten years later, this little boy pops up at the door and is basically essentially saying that he is her husband. This ten-year-old boy. Um... <laughs> And he's like, you know, you, sh- you shouldn't be getting married to this, you know, the fiancé. And the fiancé is, like, weirdly jealous about it. And I was like, this is a child. Like, I don't even understand why you're so, like, upset. Mm. But, you know, I-, I thought it was interesting because, like, um, you know, there was a lot of scenes in it where I thought, if you flip this for one second, somebody is literally going to have the police at their door. But anyway, mm. um, so obviously, like I said, he, you know, he's claiming that he is her dead husband, reincarnated. And he's like, you know, I'm Sean. His name is actually Sean as well. Um, not in real life, but, like, in the film. Okay, right. Um, and so... Um, Nicole Kidman's um, brother is like just a normal doctor but they record this boy yeah and this is where I was like this film is just lost like they're saying you know they're saying you know like proof that you are who you say you are and at one point he was like oh um we did it on your sofa the green one and I'm like this is a 10 year old it's a 10 like I'm like this is a child what is going like you know you're sitting and I was like what I had to make notes because I was like I don't want to forget any of the weird shit like literally um and then Nicole Kidman tells the, the boy's mum because they live in the same building, you know, like, oh, let, let him sleep here tonight and um, I will, you know, he'll be, basically, he'll be right as rain in the morning. I'm thinking, hi. And she said yes. She said yes. Like, this is a stranger taking your child, saying, yeah, boom, let us let him sleep tonight. Eh? I was thinking, again, if this was a little girl and a grown-ass man, you would have, I would have called the police. Mm-hmm. And I thought, it's funny how it's like, just like, yeah, you know, this is a stranger, you know. She doesn't actually, like, the mum doesn't know Nicole Kidman. Or Anna, as her name is in this. Um, anyway, because here is where I began to just want to be sick. Literally, as if the, we did it on the sofa wasn't bad enough. But basically, she takes him out. Like, she picks him up after school, whatever. And you know when, you, you know when you're watching something and you actually can't believe what's happening? Like, I literally was sitting there like, I'm a miss- I have to pause it and rewind it. Because I thought, this, this bitch did not just say this. But literally, um, she was like, how are you going to fulfill my needs? And I was like, I'm just I'm thinking, what? And then he's like... <laughs> It's not even funny because it's actually disgusting. Like, he's eating ice cream at this point, yeah? And he's like... But he's not, like, scooping up the ice cream and, like, taking off the spoon. He's kind of like... I can't... Uh, it's like he's kind of sucking it slowly. It's really disturbing. And he goes, I know what you're talking about. Um, and she's like, you're ready for that. And I'm, I'm sitting here like, bro, you're a grown-ass woman. Like, this is actually a child. And then she, Nicole Kidman's like, have you ever made love to a girl? I was like, what the f... I literally just thought, I cannot this believe. Is it's insane. This is nuts. Obviously... Miss all of this when I watched it back I, in the day. Same, like I thought, why have I, I? Do you know what it is? Yeah, because Godsend is kind of a similar concept, and it's got the same boy. Is in it the same I, director? I, do you know? Yeah, the I, director I, could have. I, know, I, I don't know. Some I, issues. I don't know because I literally like. Or writer, even. Um, I don't know. Let me see. Nope, there's just two separate crazies. <laughs> <laughs> but um. Yeah, no, it's literally, like, not at all. But, um, yes, yeah, so I was like, okay, like, it's just... 
it's becoming so bizarre. Like, it, and when when she says, you know, have you ever made love to a, a girl? And he's like, you'd be the first. And she just stares at him. I'm, I'm so disturbed. I was like, y- so what disturbed. is happening? And then, you know, because this is the bit that just took me out, yeah. Um, so after this, we basically, um, we find out at some point, I think that, no, actually, let me pull up, let me pull up. So this film just gets progressively worse. Um, so Anna's now in the bath. And, you know, you need to remove your clothes to be in the bath. So she's in the bath, yeah. The door opens and this little boy comes in and he starts taking off his clothes. Gets in the bath with her. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, bitch, no, what are you doing? Like, I don't understand because you think if somebody's child, I don't care who you are. If somebody's child, literally, if my nephew got into the bathroom, I'd be like, if you don't get out of this bathroom. Because what are you, I don't understand it. The only person that, the only child that should be in the bathroom with you is your child. Uh-huh. Like I didn't understand it. I think this is. I'm thinking someone needs to go and knock on the door of this boy's mum because what's happening right now is not okay. But um, yeah, when she asked him what he's doing, he's like, "I'm getting into the bath with my wife." I was like, "For the hey. <laughs> <laughs> what's going on?" <laughs> no, I actually need to watch it again to understand the level of crazy <laughs> and madness because I can't believe all of this happened. I never noticed it. And you know what? I don't even go into. Like, I don't even go like more into depth because it's actually insane. But they also share a kiss here, not in the bath, but another time. And I'm just like. Like, I don't understand. And her brother sees... Like, a really brief peck, yeah? Because it can't be anything more than that. It's, no, it's, not, it's nothing more than that, but it's, it's not even... Yeah. It's more how it happens. He's got her hands on either side of his, her face and they're slowly coming towards each other. I was like, is this a joke? Like, I, is this a joke? Like, this is a whole film made by a troll. There's no way that this is serious. Like, I thought, it's, it's a joke. Um, but it's getting weird because now Anna's character, like, in the, sorry, Nicole Kim's character, Anna is starting to, like, believe that this is her husband. Yeah. tells this little boy that she's they should run away and in 11 years time you're going to be 21 oh gosh I wonder what you look like I was like bro uh, this bitch is nuts like she is actually crazy anyway we find out yeah that the husband had a side chick and the, the side chick is basically like I know you're not Sean because if you are and she goes if you had been Sean and I kind of hope you had you would have come to me first and I would have explored this I was like bitch what explored what prison I just gave up. I just said, you know what? This is this is too much for me. This film is so strange. Like, <laughs> I I don't like what I've noticed. Yeah, about films is they have no problem making women pedophiles. Like, not like it's this weird. It's rather than recognizing that it's illegal, it's this weird like taboo that they just like brush over. Because I'm thinking, even if yeah, because I guess the film is exploring like grief and obsession and all this kind of stuff. But the fact still remains that you can look at this person and know that this person is a child. Mm. The fact that you have to tell this child that in 11 years' time, you'll be 21. What are you going to do? Rape be his mum for 11 years until... You're, so you're willing to... Ki- I just couldn't understand it. It's kidnapping. Yeah. All yeah, the- this time, you will be legal. I'm going to wait for you for 11 years. That's just mad. Right then. That that's, is a, that, that's just um, some... And <laughs> if she was a man, she would have been locked up very long time Exactly. Ago. And it made me think about, um, you know, the Tom Hanks film, Big... Uh-huh, which yeah. you know like sometimes i don't like to go back and watch things because i'm actually slowly slowly killing off my childhood but uh-huh. obviously we know what happens like he's a he's a little like 12 year old boy who gets turned into a grown man uh-huh. and although they don't actually show it he has this moment where he's like dating an older woman and they like have sex i was like okay i know that tom hanks is actually an adult but he's supposed uh-huh. to be playing a 12 year old uh-huh. why yeah. Is he sleeping with a grown-ass woman? Because she obviously thinks she's sleeping with a man, but the fact is, the whole audience knows that this isn't the case. And I just thought, why is that a thing? And and it's it's weird because, like, you know, like, soaps have exploded, all this kind of stuff, like, you know, the whole... 
older teacher person. Yeah, and, they really go for that storyline, don't they? Yeah, and it's like, but with the exception of Pretty Little Liars, um, where the adult teacher was like dating the student and it was like when she found out it's kind of like oh okay let's just continue because he's young enough he looks young enough but i'm thinking he's still your teacher my friend and yes when he met you he thought you was older than you are but then when you realize not only is she younger i'm also her teacher you should have backed up but apart from that i've noticed like in the show riverdale there's like a whole bit where one of the like a 16 year old boy is sleeping with his teacher and it's not what i've not, like they're showing us this like they're kissing like we're actually seeing this happen uh-huh. And I was thinking, why is this something that we're looking at? Like, this is actually not okay. This is illegal behaviour. You're never going to see a grown-ass man kissing a young girl. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's it's not... It's, well, if you do, there'll be repercussions. Exactly. I mean, rightly so, but it should be the same for a grown woman. But it's, it's weird to me. Like, it's just... It's, I just thought to myself, birth is disgusting, by the way. Not, well... <laughs> Not literal childbirth, I mean, you know, respect to the women out there. But yeah, the film, mad. I don't understand how it's even... It's just there. I don't understand why it even exists. Big is something that, obviously... I mean, it's like... I think it's like 88 Big was made. I don't really know what the thought process was there. But I can't imagine someone saying, imagine a 12-year-old boy turned into a man for a little bit and was able to lose his virginity. That's gross. Like, however you, you know... However you try to present that, it's just weird. And it's like, you know, like notes on a scandal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I read was basically based on, a tr- like, the true story of that Mary Letourneau or whatever. That uh-huh. weird woman who, like, literally sexually assaulted this young boy. Uh-huh. And, you know, they had two kids together and they stayed together for a really long time. And, like, I remember they <laughs> on TV and stuff, they'd have interviews. And I was like, I just can't imagine a man, because she went to prison for this, a man going to prison for sleeping with a 13-year-old girl and years later talking about their happy relationship... That's just disgusting, and yeah, literally, there's no. It is just disgusting because people will justify it how you want, but the fact of the matter is, you're not old enough to make them decisions. If you add, listen, anyway, anyway, let's just move off this topic because yeah, (laughs) it's actually mad. I'm gonna throw up. I'm gonna get angry. But yeah, no, definitely watch Birth again because I feel like you need to watch it and then you need to call me. Because... Oh, I'm, I'm going to have to because the double standards between men and women is so interesting. It, you know what? It's, you see that like in the news anyway, like the difference between how much like female paedophiles and male paedophiles get in prison sentences. And I'm like, the fact, like, it's not even about the gender here. It's about the child involved in this. That, no, you're not old enough to make them decisions. You know, even when you think that you are, it's not about whether you're consenting. It's about leaving you to make them decisions at an, at an older age. Oh, anyway, anyway, anyway. Let's move on. Yeah, let's. Um, but actually, we are kind of talking about ages and stuff, so I, I want to circle back round to the vampires for one second. Because um, like I said, I'm a fan of vampires. Like, out of all the supernatural, whatever's there are, witches, werewolves, I love vampires. Like, I watch anything, minus Twilight. Oh no, I've actually been forced to watch Twilight because, like I said, my mum is a massive fan. Um, but, like, yeah, I love I love vampires. But what I don't understand yet about kind of, you know, the films and stuff that are out there is why it's always <laughs> vampires that are over 100 years old in love with, like, a 16-year-old. Uh-huh. Like, I don't get... I literally do not understand why that is a thing because I'm thinking... Your age, yeah, I know that they might have become a vampire at 17 themselves or whatever, but... Your age is literally the amount of years, months, weeks, whatever that you've existed. Don't care what you look like, boss. You're still 100. So you're actually like... Like, it's a child that you're looking at. You should literally be trying to holler at a grandma. Like, I do not understand. 
Uh, but I just, yeah, I just, I just don't get it because, like, you know, Buffy, for example, she's like sixteen, and even, even without Angel being a vampire, he's supposed to be twenty six. Yeah, that age gap's wild. Exactly, and Regardless. he's actually like two hundred and forty plus years old. Mm. So, and but it's they romanticize this, and I'm thinking this is madness, literally madness. Like, why is this okay? I don't understand why. Like, why couldn't you just be a year old vampire? Do you know what I mean? Not being a couple hundred. Exactly. It, like, you actually have a, a completely different issue there. Like, you know, you imagine you meet someone that's a vampire and they've been a vampire for like a year, but they're just like a year older than you. At some point, obviously, they're going to stay the same and you're going to grow. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. At some point, you're not going to be attracted to this person anymore because, like, no, but you actually look like a child. Like, when you reach like 40 and this person still looks like a child. Do you know what I mean? Like, so, yeah, I, I just don't get it. It's the same with Vampire Diaries. Elena's 17, and even though Stefan is, like, 18 when he become a vampire, he's literally, like, in 160. And I'm just like, why? It just makes no sense. I just think that they just put some off-key things in vampire stories, and it's just like, yeah, that's cool. Let's not talk about it. They brush over it. Like, it doesn't mm. matter how old they look. It's about how old they actually are. Right then. Like... like and I'll see it all the time and just just come back just come back to Buffy because you know I love that show um I was really 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 disturbed when she lost her virginity to Angel because mm. I thought hold up like this age gap is mad and not only did she lose her virginity to Angel you see how it totally um ruined her throughout the season she was never quite the same without him because he has this habit of vanishing and ghosting um and then reappearing yeah, he's really so toxic thought, Say that again. He's really toxic. That's that's literally it. And I thought if you're gonna, it was it was just too much for me. The age, him, him ghosting, all these elements um, for a girl that's sixteen. That's a lot to go through. She had she she goes through a lot as it is, and she didn't need someone so flippant who is two hundred forty one years old doing all this. Uh-huh. She just needed to have a experience being a vampire slayer without all this extra added drama to her life. And that's the thing as well. They make these, you know, perfectly strong normal well whatever you consider normal to be but you know these these sort of i wouldn't call buffy average she's like a bad b like but you know these these young girls like strong-minded falling for someone who's essentially dead Uh undead like i just think long term yeah it seems that when you watch these shows the amount of sacrifice that the girl has to make in order to be with this person is or this creature being is insane because in reality, what can you what can you offer this person? You know, and most of them like they always have this similar kind of thing where you know I've been a vampire for X amount of years, and I've I had my you know the time in my life when I was evil. You know, Angel didn't have a soul or whatever. Stefan used to like literally kill up half the world before he moves on to like animal blood or whatever it is. He's like he's basically like some sort of on a diet blood vampire now, like because they all lost control, and it's actually like showing these. Men, it's almost like an addiction the way they feel about like blood and killing people mm. and i thought it's interesting that you know you, you they always they always kind of come from this moment where they used to be bad and crazy and dangerous and then they fall for this girl and they're all soft and everything and then they go through this stage where they go back to that yeah and you know like i mean i haven't watched buffy and ages but like vampire diaries i remember like when stefan kind of basically went over the edge it, it was kind of like similar to sort of like an alcohol a violent alcoholic and you know she stood by him throughout and i'm thinking this girl is in school like, she just needs to concentrate on that. Like, they've completely disrupted her life. It's like, they, they, they were having, like, this steady... Nothing was going on, nothing too dramatic. And then this comes on and just breaks them. And they have to continue with their everyday lives, knowing that this has happened to them. And that's always at the back of their mind. 
Exactly. And it's like, you just, but they make, again, they make it seem romantic and epic and they concentrate on, like, they give you all these, like, normal teenage kind of things, like, you know, Ryan and Marissa from the OC, like, you know, just two teenagers that are in love with each other. And the only difference is one's rich, one's poor. And that's it. But then they add all this other stuff in there and it's just like, nah, this is not okay. Like, it's really weird. They've got, essentially, they're very violent, dangerous men. And, I mean... <laughs> I literally don't get it. Like, I just think it's, but it's something I just noticed. Like, but it's just, I mean, it's not mainly with vampires. Obviously, it happens a lot in other things, but it's vampires that made me think now. But why does this always happen though? Like, why do they need to be so much older? Like, it's not, it doesn't make sense. It's not okay to be, you know, that's an age gap that's worrying. And, uh, I mean, and it doesn't, it doesn't like add to anything. Like, it's not really justified. Mm. Like, could they not just be one year older? Like, what if like why why are they 500 years old <laughs> literally though it doesn't make any sense they're not wiser they're still they're, like they presented as teenagers because even like in twilight you know edward is however many years old and he still goes to school like he's, he's a teenager basically and he's the only one that's like young enough i think in his family young enough looking sorry in his family to actually go to school and i'm thinking like surely shouldn't your vampire dad be like to you do you not think this girl's a little bit younger should they like in terms of his age to her she's basically a fetus like i don't understand what the attraction even is I, I think it's really, really disturbing when, when you think about it like that. And it's obviously true um, as well, but it's just mad. They they literally get away with it by using, like, young-looking actors and good-looking actors. Mm. Like, but I'm thinking, if I met someone good-looking that was 500, I'd be like, right, you're old. Like, literally, that's, that's it. That's the thing, that's funny, because, yeah, it does, again, it does come back to that thing of looks and casting these attractive men and therefore getting away with it because he looks cute. Mm. Like, if he looked his age... There would be an uproar on people that should be talking about it. Yeah, could you imagine? Like, 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 yeah, like, can you imagine if Angel actually looked 241? Ugh. Like, who's at, the show, like, no one's actually going to tune in, so it's, it's interesting, actually. But I think part of the success outside of many things, like, you know, Buffy is, like, a great female character, and, you know, this sort of, like, their Scooby gang of friends, but I think um, Angel's physical attraction and his appeal um, probably helped with the show. Massively, and I think that speaks to a bigger issue actually because you know, if someone's good looking enough, like you toler you will tolerate much more behaviour, you'll give them the time of day to tolerate this behaviour. I'm thinking it doesn't matter how good looking you are, like it's an obsession. And even like I'm sure at one point Angel used to like stalk Buffy. He's done it all. Like it's just I'm I'm just sure that he used to just like pop up in places. And yeah, it's really yeah, yeah. weird. It's like, no, this is not okay and you know, it was actually disturbing because I was watching um well, you know, I always watch my crime documentaries, but I'm thinking some of this behaviour is very similar to what these girls have been killed, like, in these situations. Literally, they've been killed, and I'm thinking sim- the behaviour is actually very, very similar. And it's like, you know, you're making people feel like this behaviour is okay. Like, no, if, you feel, if your partner makes you feel scared, then there's something in it. You know, that's not, it's not normal. You shouldn't then be like, oh, no, but, you know, but he loves me. And when, or, you know, like, with the vampires, when they go off the, off the rails, it's like, yeah, but when he's good, he's so good. Right. Yeah. It's the same as what, like, happens that's, with domestic violence and all that yeah, kind of stuff. That's, that's, that is, you know, that's abuse. Well, you know what we're really finding out? It isn't love. It is literally a crime. Yep, and some of our favourite characters need to be in prison. But, anyway, that's a wrap on today's episode. Thank you for listening. Yes, next time we'll be getting festive because we're coming to everyone's favourite month, December. So to keep up to date, follow us on our Twitter and Instagram handles, Two Weird Women, to get info on when our next podcast drops. Until then, bye. bye.